Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Today's reading is um, taken from 1 Corinthians 15, 1-11. Can be found on page 1165. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Susan, and uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, Lovely to see you this morning and to be here preaching again on the theme of grace. Now, here's a question. How much does it cost? How much does it cost? The question that we often ask when we find ourselves in the supermarket. What was the last thing that you bought on the food shop that was really, really cheap. Just think about it for a moment. Think about how you responded to that. That was a really great bargain I got there. That shortbread is just really, right? What was the last thing that you bought? Where you just thought, oh, that is very expensive. Can we own a whole chicken for the family? Are we going to have to go halves? These are realities to us, aren't they? We think in terms of cost and price. And particularly at a time like this, uh, I guess it's good to say right now, if you are struggling with your, with your bills, particularly in this cold snap and energy prices and so forth, don't forget we, we have got this uh, um, energy support fund that we're running at the moment. Please don't hesitate to come and get in touch with someone who might be able to help you out with that. But prices are a big deal. Prices are a big deal. Now, I've had a little bit of insight into this. I, I know there's lots of people in the commercial world out here who, um, for whom this is, you know, your daily bread. But 
I just had a little, alongside pastoral ministry, I've been involved in some uh, IT uh, projects attempting to design and write software. And sometimes, I, as a result of that, I've been part of pricing discussions. And I used to think this was basically pretty simple. You work out um, how much do you think it's going to cost, and then you try to charge not very much more than that, because if it's cheap, people will buy it. But actually, apparently, it's much more complex than that. Actually, the price that you put on something has sometimes the opposite effect that you would expect. The price that you put on something affects how people value that thing. So apparently, in some cases, when you raise the price of an item, because you get people to value the thing more, they're more likely to buy it. And equally, in some cases, discounting something can backfire because it makes people think, well, that's clearly not worth anything, so I'm not going to buy it. Now, why am I talking to you about pricing on a Sunday morning? Well, you're welcome to take whatever wisdom I've just shared with you into the commercial marketplace. It comes with no guarantees, but that's not the point. The reason is because we're in the middle of a sermon series talking about the grace of God. And last week, we talked about free grace. Free grace. But what does that mean about its worth? Well, today, we have got the corresponding paradoxically opposite title, costly grace. We're talking about the cost of grace And to see whether those two things can really fit together, you're just going to have to listen a little bit longer. Just to recap so far where we've been. In the first week of this sermon series, we saw how grace is God's undeserved favor towards us. It's what is achieved through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we access that grace by putting our faith in him. Then in the second of our series last week, do go back on YouTube if you you missed it. Uh, or on the podcast, we talked about how that that grace, that favor is free. God's favor to us is not something that we earn from him. It's not a result of our religious works. It's a gift. It's free grace. Now, for many people, that will be quite unbelievable. They just can't believe God's kingdom, God's kindness to us could be free. No need to, to earn it. We just take it in. That's wonderful. But other people have a different response. Perhaps once they grasp it, They kind of, as it were, fall off the other side of the horse. If grace really is free, they begin to wonder, is it actually worth anything? If it's the kind of thing I I get just by faith, so through no great achievement of my own, does it really have much value to me? And that's where we need to understand that free grace is also costly grace. We're going to be thinking about that under two headings today. First of all, that grace is costly to God. And second, and more briefly, about how grace invites a costly response from us. And I'm really praying that as we consider that today, our hearts are going to be warmed. That we'll be warmed by the the depth of God's love seen in that cost, warmed even in this very cold weather. And we will be challenged then to live out a life of costly obedience in response. First of all then, grace is costly to God. Grace is costly to God. Back to the beginning of 1 Corinthians 15, and you'll be helped if you uh, follow it. You can follow it on the screen or um, uh, in the Bibles in your pews. It's page 1165. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1 says, Now, brothers and sisters, 
I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you're saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And this is a great gospel summary here. He says that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and then to the twelve. Little phrase in there, Christ died for our sins. If you've been around church, it kind of trips off the tongue, probably hardly registers. But it is an astonishing statement, and a statement about the cost of grace. Christ died. Now those words shouldn't really be next to each other in the normal order of things. Christ is the Messiah. God's chosen king, the ultimate king, the king of kings and the lord of lords, the one who by rights has all the supremacy over everything in the world, the long-awaited beacon figure of history. When he came, what did he come to do? He came to walk the long road of death. We use those wonderful words from Philippians 2, just uh, then in our, our, our responses. Christ who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Christ made himself nothing. He, he relinquished his divine privilege. That's part of the cost. And I don't know what you think about that. I mean, some of us, I guess, are quite interested in you know, Harry's autobiography that's recently been released. And we've got particular ideas of what it means to give up your royal status from international duty to domestic simplicity or however you want to put it. But this is, this is not what's going on here at all. This is a completely different kind of relinquishing of divine privilege. See how it goes on. It goes on to say, Jesus took the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. There's the cost. From Godhead all the way to crucifixion. Christ died. But it says more than that. It says Christ died for our sins. And he, he did all of this for our sins. He didn't just suffer a humiliating human end. In the process, he carried through it all our sins. He took on an immense burden, an immense cost there. All that is shameful, all that's corrupt, all, all our mistakes, all our cowardices, all our failures, all our disobedience to God, all our rejection of him. He took all that, all the bits that are seen, and then the many more unspeakable realities the ones that happen in private or that occupy the, the inner world of our minds, the ones we don't even dare mention, the ones we don't even dare to consider are actually happening. He took all of that and bore it in himself. It's not too troubling a, a, an image. It's, imagine a favorite old jacket of yours. You, by accident, you drop it in a puddle, a really muddy one. And then uh, it gets lobbed in the bin and then, you know, like a couple of weeks of whatever else goes in there. Christ reaches through the mess of our lives and he pulls out that jacket of ours. Mud soaked. 
And he, he puts it on himself. And then he walks out in full view of the world. That, that's the cost. 1 Peter 2.24 says it like this. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. It doesn't just say he bore our, the nails. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live for righteousness. So what he did on the cross dealt with all of the punishment that sin entailed. That was completely exhausted, completely spent on Christ. And all of that means by his wounds, you and I have been healed. He did all that to make us whole. There's something of the picture of the cost. Now, what did this feel like for God? Well, here we sort of tread on hallowed ground and we, we don't really fully understand. But there's a, there's a moment in the biblical record that gives us an insight. And it's that moment when uh, Jesus cries out on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So here we have God the Son speaking to God the Father about the experience of the great mission of salvation that they are united in joining. And even at the center of the relationship between Father and Son, there is some kind of pain, distinction, separation. The cross was costly. Grace has a real cost. And in fact, God himself has borne it. Now, now, why do we tell this story as Christians? You might even be thinking this morning, oh, this is a bit sort of agonizing and, and hard. Well, why, why are you telling this? Do, do we tell this story to burden ourselves all over again with guilt? No. Christ died to take our guilt and uh, not to add to it. So we definitely don't want to do that. Rather, we tell the story because we want to fathom the costs of God's grace uh, you know what they, they used to do? Oh, you shouldn't necessarily. Uh, in, in, you know, when they wanted to know how deep the, the sea was, you let down your sort of piece of string with, a, with your you know, lead to see how. This is, what we, this is what we do as Christians. The ocean is the ocean of God's grace. And we let down the kind of little string with the, with the lead of our understanding into the ocean of God's grace to try to get, what is it like? How deep is this thing? And as we do so, we... we we begin to understand something of the cost and the measure of God's love. And it shows us how immensely precious we are to him. It shows us that the contours of God's great love letter to his lost world, they look like the cross. Our human instinct for broken relationships is often to discard them, isn't it? We're like, oh, that's, that's sort of gone sour, let's move on. But God wouldn't do that. He would pay the cost himself because he loves us so much. So in that sense, grace is costly to God. Grace is costly to God. Now, just before we go on, perhaps I can ask you whether you have experienced that for yourself. Whether you have a sense of that cost. Whether you feel like you, have, you are the recipient of something really precious and hard won. 
Uh, I'd like you to um, put yourself into a slightly extended um, illustration here, and you're going to have to humor me for, for a moment. Hopefully it's going to work. Okay? I would like you to imagine the grace of God as a beautiful jewel set in a band or a necklace or a pair of earrings or something else that you would appreciate and value. Perhaps for you, the grace of God is in the shop window. Okay, something you've, you've, you've passed by on your way about other seemingly more pressing business. You, you've seen other people point to this jewel over here and they make a big fuss of it. Um, and, you know, it's kind of caught your eye every now and again. But frankly, you, you're often not really thinking about it at all. Perhaps for you, at this phase in your life, it's time to just stop for a little longer and look at it. Stop in front of the, the shop window, if you like. Come to the last of our Hope Explored uh, sessions this Tuesday. Find a Christian friend, perhaps the person who brought you today. Ask them, what, is, what do you think is so precious about this grace you speak of? Perhaps, though, you've actually seen the grace of God in the window. In fact, you regularly walk past it and you stop and you, and you have a look at it. But you never go in. In fact, you've never even consider that that grace might be for you. You're still looking at it at a distance. Perhaps it's time for you, this moment in your life, to take that treasure for yourself. Admit your need for it. Go in and ask for it. You don't need a million pounds. You just need faith. Or perhaps you went past that gem a long time ago. You went in the shop. You took it, you received it perhaps with great joy. But now the gem of grace is just in that drawer of all those other really quite important things in your house, slightly gathering some dust. It doesn't mean that much anymore. It doesn't mean as much as it used to. Sometimes, frankly, you forget altogether that it's yours. Well, perhaps for you, this is a time to ask God to show you in a new way how precious his favor is to you. Jesus famously told the, the parable about the kingdom of God. I take all my inspiration from him. He said, it was like a merchant searching for fine pearls. All of us, we're all searching for something worthwhile, aren't we? We're all searching for something valuable and meaningful. And this merchant, Jesus says, found a pearl of great value. He could see its worth. And so he then went away and sold everything else he had and came back and bought it. Now, was it a rash decision? It depends how valuable a pearl is. Well, he knew. He knew that he would happily lose everything that he had just exchanged for the sake of that pearl. He was no fool. He knew it was precious. And so may we know the precious grace of God that is so costly to him. If you like, when you meet in your small groups this week, you might want to take the, the, the illustration of the kind of pearl in the shop window if it works for you. And you can talk about that, you know, which, which is you. Or you, perhaps you've got your own kind of creative take that describes how you relate to the grace of God. So the grace of God is costly to God. And secondly, and much more briefly, grace invites a costly response from us. We spent three weeks uh, dwelling on the undeserved, free, God-provided riches of, of grace. And, and that's vital. But it can be 
a confusing topic after you go for it after a while. Perhaps you've been asking yourself this question. If God's grace is free, why do I actually even have to bother with doing what he says? If God's got the tab, if his pockets are so eternally deep, why do I need to worry about what I'm ordering? Even if it is bad for me and everyone else around me. Now that's a good question. And actually the scriptures pick it up. If you're asking that question, you've definitely got half of the way there to really understanding grace. But the Apostle Paul says it's actually the other way around if you really grasp grace. Instead of thinking, now I've got an excuse to do whatever I like because it doesn't matter. It actually changes your life completely. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 15. He said, I am the least of the apostles and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. What he's saying is, he's saying, I, Paul, I was a recipient of grace. He was a trophy of grace, actually. Um, you may know the story. When the early church was getting started, Paul uh, tried to shut it down. And in fact, he famously stood by whilst they stoned Stephen, one of the early uh, leaders of the church. And now Paul is part of the church. He's like proof that grace is free. But then he goes on to say this, and this is the the bit that I want to focus on. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. God's grace to me was not without effect. So although grace is not something we work for, it is something that changes us deeply. It it spills over into our lives. It almost overpowers us. I wonder whether you know anyone like that in your life. Christian is just absolutely on fire with the grace of God. And every part of their life is changed with zeal and commitment and love for God and those around them. In that sense, God's grace invites a costly response from us. A costly response from us. I got a little diagram for you here, which I'm, I hope is going to make this illustrate this well. So, if we can have the first um, slide, this is what God's grace is like. God's grace is the love of a father, and it spills over into enabling us to walk the long, hard road of the Christian life, which is costly at times. And that love, that fatherly love, is enough to enable us. To, to make that walk. But we don't often, we don't always see it like that. In fact, often we get confused. We see it the other way around. So we can have the next slide. We sometimes think, oh, no, no, no. The way it works is I walk the really hard way of the Christian life. And because I'm doing such a good job of walking this way, then perhaps God is pleased with us. Is this right? No, it is not. This, that, no, no, forget that. Definitely not. If that's where you are, you're laboring under a misunderstanding of the Christian faith. It's like this, where we started. God's love, God's tenderness and and compassion for us, his grace, is the thing that drives everything in the Christian life. Thank you so much, Esther. So that's what it means to really grasp the connection between God's grace and our works. And I really want you not to hear this in the wrong way. Um, You may have been 
uh, sightseeing. I don't know whether you like to go around museums or ancient buildings. Uh, they have a very interesting illustration of this. You, you get to the front door, you fumble around for your wallet, and then suddenly you see the sign that says, oh, it's free, entry's free. And so you go in and think, oh, that's great, brilliant. I'll really enjoy myself. And you go around, you get to the end, and then you see the gift shop. And you see the sign saying, you know, it costs £40 per half minute to heat this building. And, you know, the Arts Council of Great Britain has paid for half of it. You're presumably not going to fail to pay your half either, are you? And uh, so you kind of walk out realising it wasn't really free. Christianity is not like that. It's not like we say it's free at the beginning, but then later on we're like, yeah, but definitely put your hand in your pocket because you have to. It's not like that. Grace overflows. You can't help but want to pay the cost of the Christian life when you know the cost that Christ has paid for you. And so as we wrap up uh, this morning, I just want to ask you really, in the terms of that verse, Paul said, his grace to me was not without effect. What is the effect that the grace of God is having in your life? What's the, what's the cost that you find yourself moved towards because God's grace is real to you. Perhaps, again, that's something that you can share with a friend or chat through in your small groups as you meet this week. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you, first of all, for your grace to us. We want to declare, for as much as we understand, that it is precious, that it is worth so much, that it cost you, and therefore that we value it. We pray that you would help us to fathom it, to let down the plumb line of our own understanding and our own hearts, and search out the amazing, the limitless extent the costly extent of your grace for us. And then knowing that grace, we pray that your grace would not be without effect in our lives. We pray that we would be able to say that we work hard for you, but not us, not I, but the grace of God that is within us. So Lord, would your grace come alive in our lives and animate us to do your will your costly grace lead to a costly response from us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.